26, back like we never left. You know, we, we, we stepped aside to get some extra change out the lunch line, but that doesn't mean we didn't ask you to hold our place. We are right back, all right? We ain't going to the back of the line. We going right to the middle and we about to get ourselves some mashed potatoes, you know? Okay, so I'm Tendo Bossa here. And this is another episode of Beyond the Bleaches, and I'm joined by the illustrious, the sage-worthy, the man of no nation. This man has ventured off to the other corner of the universe, and when he came back, all he said was, meh, this guy, I've, I've heard stories, told, t- tales have been told of his many adventures with which he burrowed through from one side of the earth to the other, hoping to find China, but instead he ended up in Puerto Rico. Uh, this man, <laughs> this marvel, Moses Waldo. Moses, how's it going, man? How was your trip back from Puerto Rico? Fantastic. It was warm, right? It was oh, yes. Much warmer than it is up here. I'm glad. <laughs> I miss it already. Did my quarantine? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, guys. This is all in within quarantine, uh, within COVID protocols. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he not gonna get himself in trouble. Mm -mm. Everything by the book, y'all. Everything by the book. Everything by the book. Uh, How goes it, Moses? How are you doing this week? Not too bad. Excited for episode Saquon Barkley, number twenty (laughs) six. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Episode Saquon Barkley. But you know what? Not like Saquon, we are going to keep going through this season. Yeah, we don't have a season-ending injury. We are not going to give up on you like week three and uh, have to do sur- and have to have surgery and you know be out the rest of the season. Yeah, the Giants still have a chance, which is crazy. You know, yep. if you know, just to just to throw that out there, y'all. You know, it's been maybe four or five weeks since we had a uh, good discussion about how garbage the NFC East is, and um, that's continued by the fact that yes, Moses, you were right there. Saquon Barkley is is not on the team, and he's technically the only guy you would believe um to even give the giants a, a second a chance at Daniel jones he gets himself hurt now but you look at them they're four and seven they're tied with washington for which first. is which is absurd to kind of give you to give you an idea mm-hmm. carolina panthers four and eight the detroit lions four and seven right uh san francisco 49ers five and six Mm, 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 mm. Then you throw in the Chargers, three and eight. Those teams mm-hmm. are not in the playoffs. Mm-mm, never. But the Giants are <laughs> first in their division. Let's go. And have the chance you know, to make the playoffs. Let's go. They Actually, might you know just what? do it. I would love to see them win it. Just... <sighs> Because that would be quintessentially 2020 wrapped up in a nice little bit. Yeah, for, it w- I agree with you. Because if for New York to win something in 2020 is very 2020. Like, it would make the most sense. Because you'd be like, okay, well, the team that should never deserve to win it, or at least a city that's been struggling at sports, period, Barring hockey, of course, we've spoken about that. Um, if they do win it or even make it, if Moses, if these guys make it to a, the conference final, or or not the conference, yeah, yeah, the, or the or the 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 uh, um, NFC 
the NFC finals. If they if they make it against whomever it may be, would I would imagine what the Steelers may be? Well, if they made the Super Bowl. Well, no, yeah. But you're talking about like the NFC? Oh yeah. Yes. You would assume New Orleans uh, with Taysom Hill, they've just done a fantastic job. You think they'd be in the running? Uh, Green Bay, another good team yes. that you'd probably want to throw in there. If you um, <laughs> Seattle, the Rams, like sorry, there's a yeah. lot of excellent teams. Yeah, uh, yeah, out there as well. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Steelers are in the AFC. My bad. And oh, yeah, oh, but okay. but yes, if they could beat, and I mean, you you just listed a whole bunch of teams that almost impossible, like almost a miracle. A literal miracle would need to happen for them to do that. But, you know, 2020 has already shown us uh, a lot. The people you care and love about uh, will always get injured, will get injured this year. So if you have any money on a very good player, don't do it. Because for some reason, they're going to be out. And all the garbage players are the ones you're going to be able to watch. But good luck to the Giants. Hopefully they make it through. Um, They're they're definitely not going to have a good postseason i can tell you that because even if they do win their conference you know that they're going to get pummeled the very next game well they'll get a bye right wouldn't they the giants yeah no uh the way no. the nfl no, or, uh, the, the way the nfl schedule uh this year and depends mm-hmm. on if they finish the regular season because if mm-hmm. they don't they have an emergency contingency plan which means two more teams would make the playoffs or as it stands seven teams in each conference would make the playoffs Whoever finishes first would get the bye. Then two would play seven, three plays six, four plays five in each conference. And then they would go on to the next round. And bubble, mm-hmm. um, like having it played in a bubble, is also in consideration as well uh, in play uh, for that time. But when you're looking at the standings, like it's crazy. Like you look at the teams, like right now it would be the Giants taking on the Rams. <laughs> like, and like what is that? Yeah. Guys, guys, what is that? What are we doing? What's going on here? We can do better than that. But, you know, Moses, a lot's been happening, of course. Um, a lot in the in the world of, uh, of football as well as um, uh, basketball um, and, and uh, a little bit of exhibition and, you know, a little, a little bit of light work, you know, to get us through the week. Because, of course, with all the ills and the troubles bef- befalling all of us, um, isn't it really nice to just watch something wholesome, Moses? You know, something that really gets you gets you in a great mood. And by that, I mean watching our homie Nate Robinson here. So, Moses, you know, for those those listening, if you care to just uh, provide a little bit of um, commentary as to, to the clip that we're reviewing, it's just a recap. It's a highlight, you know? So this was one of the undercards for mm-hmm. the Tyson Jones Jr. fight. Yeah. And you had a YouTuber in Jake Paul. Yeah. With two first names. Yeah, yeah. So uh, taking on that. Nate Rob. Yeah, exactly. Just a, a, a YouTuber who's mm-hmm. – he, he's done – I believe he's done this before. It was his brother that did it because his brother is also yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. a big YouTube star, did something serious, uh, something Paul. similar. Logan Paul. He did it. Yeah. He, he fought another – KSI. Uh, another – yeah. And lost twice. 
Yeah, I that's think, what it was. Yeah. But I heard like it wasn't actually bad. Like it was actually mm. pretty decent because yeah. people had so low. Well, the expectations were so the low. The expectations were so low. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently it turned out to be pleasantly surprising. Yes. Yeah, this one, and he was facing Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, obviously a little smaller. He was five foot nine. Yeah. Or so. Uh five foot eleven on a good day. Okay. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. well, I could say that because we're almost in the same. <laughs> Uh, no, but one thing about Nate Robinson, though, uh, the, the dude could leap, uh, you know, NBA slam dunk champ. Uh, the guy had a heck of a Multiple. career in the NBA. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. I'm not, I'll put some respect on his name. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy Ten who... years in the NBA. Exactly. That's nothing to, mm-hmm. you know... To, nothing to scoff at. Nothing to hammer at. Absolutely. And the dude went to the NBA finals with the Celtics. Yeah. Like, yeah. He overall had a pretty good career. Uh, amazing ability. He was a damn good footballer, too. Like, the guy could play... Like I'm talking about American football. Okay. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. European style kickball over here. Oh, but okay. Anyway, oh, you don't but, think he could? After well, this maybe, display, Moses, maybe. you don't think he could? <laughs> after this display, I think the two words that come to mind is night, night. I was just. Uh, I know. And that's I think exactly what happened. I think oh. he was complaining a little bit. Yeah, that's nasty. Oh, he was man. complaining a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna have sympathy for my friend here. Oh because man. Because I believe mm-hmm. that he's still on the floor, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they they, they packed the, the ring up, Moses. Yeah. They like they, they turn the lights off. This guy was still just laying on the canvas like that. Just <laughs> just sleep. Just sleep. Okay. Can you even see his chest moving? I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. Forget what I yeah, said. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Okay. It takes a lot of guts to get your yeah. ass whooped or get knocked out. Not once, but twice, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. The second mm-hmm. one, he he went to sleep a lot faster or a lot longer. But uh, I personally think it takes a lot for somebody to get you know their ass whooped and get back up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and win, or if or at least you know survive. So uh, yeah, th- then no. so then then somebody who who wins. Obviously, we know who the winner is going to be. Like right, like you're like okay, you won. Yeah, good for you. But to get your ass whooped and to get up, or in his case, get his ass whooped twice and yeah. try to get up the second time, mm-hmm. deserves a lot kud- a lot more kudos than people give him. And yeah. I know there's all the memes out there, but I I, I think uh, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't devalue yeah de- yeah exactly devalue anything that Nate did in this in this contest. So I I agree with you completely in in terms of his his stature and like what he brings to the table in terms of an NBA player. Right. Um, but in the words of, uh, of uncle Snoop, who was doing an incredible job commentating at that event. And I think a round of applause, the, if anything, the real winner, you know, of that fight night was Snoop Dogg and his commentary. But he did say that, uh, you know, you can, you can play basketball, you can play football. You can play, you know, you can you can play musical instruments, Moses, but you cannot play boxing. That's you you either you either know how to box or you get the fuck up. And I don't think Nate Robinson really knew that distinction. I don't uh, it doesn't seem like it. I think that he thought it was gonna be as easy. And I here's the thing, right? For him, I'm sure it's low-hanging fruit. He sees KSI and these other YouTubers go at it, boxing each other and, and making so much money. And he's thinking, these are kids who used to just walk around, 
you know, like turn their camera on. And then that's how they, 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 uh, they're feed, they're feeding themselves. He's like, I'm coming into the gym every day. I'm running suicides. I'm throwing up shots. I'm way more athletic. This should be a walk in the park. Right. And of course, and here's the best part about this, Moses, to be honest, Nate Robinson took the easier of the two brothers on purpose because he said, you know what? I've never done, I've never actually boxed before. So let me get, let me get the, let me get the, the smaller, the smaller of these two white boys and let me just dust them up a little bit, get, you know, gain some confidence off the match and then probably move on to, to Logan Paul. I'm pretty sure that was his, his, uh, his thought process. But what did we get? We, my man couldn't even last five rounds. He couldn't even last five rounds in an exhibition match where it's a two-minute round in of itself. Moses, I don't know what the hell he was thinking coming in at all. I think he should have just renounced doing the fight a long time ago, left that spot up for someone else. I do think the exhibition match was a good idea, but I don't think he should have been there. And I think he should, re- and I, I hope he's realized now, and I hope a lot of other people out there realize now, you know, just because you got a dream, that doesn't mean it's a, it's a dream you should, you should go for, okay? Sometimes whatever you got is your dream, you holster that shit, okay? Nate Robinson right. just explained that to you. Yeah, I, just- I disagree. No, no, he had to do what he had to do. He just came on the wrong end of it. I now think Damien Lillard said something similar. Now look, similar. Moses, he set and us I'm back totally 400 years. He oh. set us back 400 years. You see the way he, that white boy okay, was looking all, at him? No, first of all, he may have time-traveled after that second knockout. <laughs> yeah. But in no way do you disrespect my man Nate Robinson like that. I like to see you in the ring. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I know my place, and I know I'm not capable of doing <laughs> anything close to what you know, even a, a, an amateur, a pro-am boxer can do. But I, I do, I can tell you as an, as a spectator, whether or not it's a good idea to do something that, yeah, I mean, this is just something so technical, you know, the way these boxers talk about, about the sport itself and even just the amount of technical know-how when it comes to a fight I think it's disrespectful for anyone to go. I've, I've, felt, I've always thought, honestly, even with these other exhibition matches with the KSIs and the, and the Logan Pauls, that it was actually disrespectful to the, the art or the sport of boxing because of how technical it is. You know what I mean? It's like to say that someone like a... Um, uh, okay, who's someone who's really good? Sugar Ray. Someone like Sugar Ray or, or, or Mike Tyson or, uh, or a, um, you know, a Vander, like even, even a Gypsy King, very technical, you know, and they understand footwork. They understand, you know, timing, placement, placing your, your, your punches and, and how to dissect and read your opponent. Half these guys were playing 2K like a year ago before and then decided I, I, I want to become, I, I, I want to, I want to box now and that's it. They needed and it's to fill the undercard. I no, And I completely agree. The undercard needed to be filled, but I think Nate Robinson um, did too much by putting, by uh, 
he, placing his body on the line. Uh, for who? I don't know what. Definitely not for the NBA and definitely not for uh, race relations. So um, to that, Nate Robinson, I say good night. And I know you've already had a good sleep. So uh, good for you, man. But then on the other end, we have the main attraction, Moses. And that was that was really good. I really enjoyed that. So we got to see a little bit uh, 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 of the going-ons, the happenings of the, the big two. You know, we have um, Mike Tyson, Iron Mike Tyson, and uh, Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones being a bit of an, um, I guess he was a, what, cruiserweight to a light heavyweight. Um, so he is technically yeah, four punching. Different, wait, four different classes. Yeah. So he technically was punching up. Um the, in terms of weight class, and, and uh, Mike Tyson was definitely uh, this was this was his this was his uh, bread and butter. So I think for for that simple fact alone, I could tell the differences just because you know by the end of it, you listen to the post match. Uh, oh, b- before I even get to that, the the fight itself, it was it was okay. It was possible, you know. I know a lot of people on Twitter were getting hyped about it, you know, and I think for for the nostalgic. The nostalgia part, of course, incredible. Loved watching it. But, it, you know, we, d- we watched a lot more hugging than we did actual boxing. And I, and, and, and I don't know, does that make me a bad person to say that? Am I ex- am I, are my expectations too high? Or what, what should I have not been thinking going into a fight, right? It, it's a real boxing match. Um, I, I demand a certain level, but I also have to realize these are two both these men are over fifty years old. They both got kids and they got they both got taxes grandkids. and grandkids and better things to do. That's the that's the most important thing, Moses. They have better things to do than do this. But at the same time, you know, you can't knock it. You know, you cannot knock you cannot knock the um they both had the desire, the want, the um the goal to step back into the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something obviously you can't really fathom unless you've actually pl- been a boxer maybe, or, or been a pro professional athlete the, des- the hunger to get back in, you know, against all odds. So I applaud them on that. Um, but Moses, what were your thoughts on the, the fight? A lot of, well, hype. Any, you're curious to see how it looks and there were a few glimpses uh, by both parties, like Roy Jones Jr., the no-look jab. That was awesome. Loved it. Uh, then you saw Classic. Tyson. Tyson working mm-hmm. the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there were moments, but I just saw two guys who got tired very quick. <laughs> Age showed. And, you know, Over 50. These, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just send these boys to the retirement home. Mm. With that said, I would not want to face any of them in the ring. Because if oh. you look at the speed that those guys and the power in which they hit. They both still got it. They still got it. I don't think that ever goes away. <laughs> maybe it, maybe in terms of longevity, but mm. everything else, yeah, these guys are just class. Right? Yeah. Oh, there were sure. glimpses of like, oh, that's the old Tyson. Oh, yeah, Jones Jr. Oh, got for it. sure. For sure. When, then, he, when he was wriggling out, jo- yeah. Roy Jones Jr., he just loved seeing that, how he was getting really into the fight. But you know, on the other end, when Mike Tyson laid one on the on your ribs, I felt that I, I was like, knocked out of you. Oh. And the thing, 
And the thing is, it just didn't last. And for, mm-hmm. for what it's worth, you know, it's nice for this nostalgia, but I don't want to see old guys keep fighting. Like I agree. I, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to get back in the gym and do your thing, fine, but I'm not paying for personal reasons to watch pay-per-view of, of two men going at it. Like if there were two uncles at a barbecue, yeah. you know, just like a Snoop said. And then, yeah, yeah. Go, it just, it's, <laughs> It's entertaining for the shock value at first, and then after a while, you're like, "All right, you're like, I'm okay, this go is eat. I'm going." Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But then you know what's even better about that is that you know, just like two uncles at the cookout, in order to make sure that their Sunday best shirts don't get wrinkled, they would take them off just like they did in the t- in the match. So it was very much exactly like a Sunday, you know, cook off between two uncles, right? And and it was a beef that they'd had for many many years, and now finally gotten a chance to really ring it out. But it's maybe twenty years too late. You know, that's what it felt like. They well, twenty years like ago, what, was it fifteen years ago? The last fight for for Tyson, and then yeah, who was Joints Junior again? Like what, like ten, like eight, eight or eight or ten years ago? Yeah, it's been a while, and for both guys, fought, yeah, because he fought in his forties. I think he had his last fight in his forties, maybe. Um, great careers, great men. It was it was good for a while when it came to it, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they were just two like, two grown men who got tired, started hugging each other, and it was beautiful. <laughs> and what really upset me was they 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 declared this a tie, which I would have said I would have gave an edge mm-hmm. to Tyson, mm-hmm. and I would have gave him the decision. Uh, yeah, definitely a decision to Tyson. Number one, number two, Roy Jones Jr.'s ribcage can attest to that. I think Tyson definitely oh. won that bout. How sore are these guys? <laughs> are they even, even still even there? Like, yeah, exactly. We're almost. Like, I mean, you know, weekend, yeah. almost, almost a, we're halfway through a full week. I'm surprised that they haven't been wheeled out. But kudos to those guys. But man, just watching that speed, mm-hmm. the hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You can the technical know-how and and Mike Tyson the way he can. Uh, the way he slips in and out, oh, still so good. And it, he makes it so deliberate, right? So you see his whole body shift over and you're thinking, oh, no, he's not fast enough. But he's quick enough to just get you right back in, you know, just a, an uppercut. And that, and that uppercut, that's what, I, that's what I was most afraid of, to be honest, was that I was like, I didn't want him to tuck, tuck to the side and then knock Roy with an uppercut. Because if I saw one old man kill another old man in the ring on TV. <laughs> I don't know what I would have <laughs> I think the world as a whole would have immediately just stood still. Like, I think we would have been like, oh my God, Mike Tyson just killed a man. <laughs> and, and that fight wasn't necessarily sanctioned, right? It was, it was in terms of an exhibition match, yes, for for. COVID purposes, it's a sanctioned match. But in terms of what uh, the uh, any fighting organization or, or, or federation did not sanction it. So that's why there was no uh, allowance of bleeding or, or uh, really any rough or, or, or more physical play. No knockouts. No knockouts. You can't, you can't, you can't uh, pierce the skin. Um, and then the rounds had to be two minutes each. Well, I think the two minutes was more so to cater towards um, the oh, the uh, the old They're tired. They're tired, man. But they're, they're they said I'm huffing and puffing after. Oh two yeah, 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 yeah. 
and, you know, so so Roy Jones looking around, he's like, are we done yet? It's like, Roy, it's only been three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, beautiful, beautiful play. You know, these guys really gave their all. And um, we are hoping to see what they may have in store for round three, you know. It uh, it seems kind of cool to to think that maybe we might get a little bit of of, of nostalgia continued Moses because uh, the we actually have a little bit a little bit of uh, reuppance coming on the one side so you know we weren't the only ones watching the match the fight rather this weekend it was also one Evander one eared Holyfield. You know, one year Joe, one year Evander, uh, one lobe, one lobe event, <laughs> one lobe Joe. <laughs> Sorry, um, I'm, I don't mean to come at this legend. You know, you know, I bow down to him, an incredible fighter, incredible boxer. And honestly, you know, if you've seen Evander, when he was getting trained, he was training as well. You know, and this was before they finally made the decision as to who Roy Jones, I mean, or to who Mike Tyson would fight, which was Roy Jones. I think Evander's name was first floated. And I saw a video or two of Evander actually training. And this guy looked great. Just like the way Mike Tyson looked, I was like thinking, wow, this would be the fight of the century. But of course, Evander's asking for this this uh, repeat that this uh, third match rather that never happened during the heyday or during their time as actual um, uh, boxers. So I think maybe this might be the next step, Moses. You know, uh, I know we just talked a lot about these guys being old and that only lasting two rounds and that, you know, these guys are tired. But I mean, wouldn't it be sweet, sweet actually? I think seeing an Evander Mike Tyson uh, fight you know, for old time's sake, where they, and I'm not saying no holds barred because of course, again, these are old guys, old geezers. And I think it would pain us more so if we lost them than anything. But what do you think? What's the thoughts, man? What do you, what are you, what are you going for? This is 20 plus years too late. <laughs> I don't need to see any more of this. I don't, but I want to see a Vander Tyson fight. I'll watch mm-hmm. the old vintage fights. That's true. Well, they didn't last long because one of them, he, um, you know, as I said, one lobe, one lobe Joe, uh, that one ended pretty quickly. So we didn't really get to see too much after that, you know. You got to wonder, like, the amount of pressure Mm -hmm. put on to bite through (laughs) human flesh. It's got to be something remarkable. Oh, like for sure. The, uh, the amount of sheer veracity mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. sink your teeth mm-hmm. and rip a piece of flesh. Mind you, with a mouth guard on, too. There you go. It's got a, guard have? a fucking blunt mouth guard on there. Or unless, yeah, you got razors. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> still but you know what is he does yeah the way i looked at it is that this guy was on heavy cocaine back in the day and i think that coke would definitely make you like <laughs> you just bite everything oh why not there's listen you didn't hear this from me but there's and this is so gossiping and so out of the way but legitimately there's a story about um 
Beyonce being at a party and there's a private party and she got bitten by one of her friends um, and everyone was going around trying to figure out who bit her and she was trying to cover for them. And, you know, you did or didn't hear this from me, but apparently Sanaya Lathan, Sanaya Lathan does a little bit of coke and when she gets a little too, a little too coked up, she likes to get a little too physical with her friends. So she bit Beyonce. So, you know, the, of that story that may have happened last year, I, I can affirm that cocaine makes people do stupid things, including uh, bite, bite people, including, including bite people. It, uh, I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with that, you know, or at least I do see something wrong with that, but I see nothing wrong with that assessment is what I'm saying. So hopefully in the third meetup, though, you know, we're we're praying for no no uh no bitten appendages. You know, everyone's everyone's body parts should be attached to them before, during, and after the the fight. You know, the the basics. The soul might get knocked out, but uh. yeah, even then. But I think more so I really wanna see how <clears throat> Mike's punches land on, on Evander this time. Because, you know, it, they they hit Roy Jones, but I don't know if Evander's going to be that easy to topple. I think that would really be something for Mike to actually try and take on, right? So, uh, I neither here nor there on this. You know, maybe we'll see how this pans out. But hoping, hoping that everyone makes it out alive. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> Instead, just hoping that everyone makes it out alive. Um but you know who isn't making it out of life, y'all? And that's if we turn our our, our, uh, our talents or our, our uh, attention to the NFL. I, of course, we spoke about the NFC East a little bit. Um, and uh, just people who are not having a great time. And that is a, uh, that is a one Bucks uh, Buccaneers QB because, you know, for, for – Want of trying to get his team going, you know, you could tell there's an effort that he's putting in Moses. He's not, he's not half-assing this at all. And this was the closest he's gotten, I think, to to really turning the tide for the Bucks. Um, your your uh, your shaman Tom Brady just fell short, you know, uh, or, or the shaman of Tom TB12 fell short again. A sec, another week falling short. Um, it seemed like she was in need of some help. And, and I think there was a certain someone who was trying to do just that, you know, one Tyreek Hill um, uh, summoned, summoned the, the, you know, summoned the, the energy of a Shannon Sharp and, and, and try to get some help for, you, for that team. But it doesn't seem like the Bucks had enough to get over the hump. So, I mean, Tyreek Hill, an incredible player what do you what are you thinking about his performance overall Moses what did oh, it's fantastic I think the Chiefs performance Patrick Mahomes is fantastic that first quarter that game was done oh yeah like those two bombs those 75 yarder to kind of get things going for the the offense and then the backflip on the second touchdown was kind of an insult you know I I, I loved it and Especially you know outside the... yeah he was at the one and he's like I'm just gonna backflip for the touchdown oh. And then, you know, kind of cap things off. A three-touchdown, 269-yard uh, receiving performance, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 400-plus mm-hmm. yards put up by Mahomes 
is you know magisterial to, to steal a, a phrase uh, uh, from one uh, one Scottish commentator uh, from magisterial <laughs> magisterial that's what it was it was fantastic <laughs> and then you know you look at how anemic and slow the Patriots or not sorry excuse me the <laughs> but you know you could still say that you could still yeah, say because yeah, the say the Patriots I, uh, oof oof. And the funny part is they don't they have no well, they don't have both of the same record but you know you look at the the Patriots and where the the Bucks are it's interesting to see how things go that was that's a different story altogether which is just mind boggling when it comes to the uh, the Patriots mm-hmm. it's um, a tale of two failing cities yeah it's that's, that neither 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 organization is benefiting because both both sides of the party realize that they they need each other to survive it's it's like a it's like a um it's like you know a shark and like those little those little fish that eat shark bacteria you know i don't know who the shark is but someone is a bacteria you know and if you have them separated you know this is what you get this is what you get maybe maybe you you try to get a different little fish in in terms of um you know Cam Newton, but I don't know if this guppy is uh, set set to really really swim your way there, Robert. You know maybe you should have you shouldn't have been so you know cr- crass. I'm trying to make some some jokes about it. But <laughs> I'll uh, say this: yeah. the couple the touch the two touchdowns late didn't really do any justice and flatter the Buccaneers. They look poor. And there are rumblings of the last little while that Bruce Arians, the head coach uh, of Tampa, and Tom Brady have gotten into a bit of a tiff. And there's been issues <laughs> involving the Buccaneers. He's yeah. gotten the guys that he wanted. That's Brady, right? He, he managed to get Gronkowski to come out of retirement, right? You, you have a guy AB. like uh, yeah, you have a guy like Evans who's just been amazing, making some highlight reel after highlight reel touchdown catches. Um, yeah, talked about AB was the other guy that he asked to kind of pull into this uh, to the family of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which he did. But there's a lot of other things that they're still still missing. I don't. They don't seem like there are any cohesiveness mm-hmm. through the weeks. Yes, they're seven and five. They are in a playoff spot. I think they're in sixth right now in the A NFC, uh, just ahead of the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, just right behind the Rams. But you look at the Bucks schedule. We were talking about this entering the month of November. They had three games against three very good teams. The Saints was one of them. The Rams was the other. Uh, and you also had, again, with uh, Kansas City and the, the Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, And yeah. you look at those games and just look how anemic they looked. Like, the Saints absolutely obliterated them. Pummeled. You know, they looked horrible Pummeled when it came them. to the, the Buccaneers. And, you yeah. know, I don't think Tom Brady – and maybe it was a marriage made in heaven because at least you had a guy who was responsible for the defense and that was coach Bill Belichick. And then the, the offense was relatively, if not completely run or went through the situations with Tom Brady. So when you look at those two, they complemented each other and now they're apart. It just seems that, you know, I don't, everyone was trying to figure out who would be missing who. Right. Yeah. Early stages, it looked like, well, you know, the Bucks after that first week one loss, and then you look at what the Patriots did. You're like, oh, looks like maybe Belichick, you know, it was the guy that made you know Tom Brady, you know, tick, you know, and made that uh, made that Patriots work, the Patriots way, man. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden, as we got into the season, the Bucks rolled off a couple of wins in a row, the struggles that continued for the Patriots. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 whole, the whole thing's you know, flipped on its head, right? On it, its head, yeah, it, for the, sure. The script just completely changed when it came to the, the whole focus. And it was, at, you know what, maybe Belichick is not the guy who we thought he was. You know, maybe they do really miss Tampa. Or, I mean, yeah. they miss Brady <laughs> in New England. There exactly. Exactly. And, and but you know, I think but after a little while, even though the records are five and six and seven and five, right, for the two teams, I think at the end of the day, when you look at them, they're better together than they are apart. And I don't see a real one clear winner over the other. Now mm-hmm. things could change, but that's mm-hmm. how I see it through twelve weeks of the NFL. Yeah, that is true. And I mean, you know, I think that's the biggest thing you gotta highlight, right? Is that you said the twelve weeks meaning there's not a lot of time they do get uh, to even show up as a team. So I do give the grace of either side not having enough time really to set themselves up and get their their team going up to speed. Sometimes it takes a year spent with the team in order for someone, especially as integral as a QB, to really integrate themselves into a squad and really feel it. It's the same thing w- with uh, – with, um, Rookie QBs coming into a new organization, they got to give themselves some time, red shirt, maybe a, few, a bit, you know, it's only very few times where it's thrust upon them to now pick up right, right where someone else had left off and now take the team, not just, not just captain the team and, 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 and um, set the offense, but now to take the team, to a playoff berth. And that's very difficult to ask of any QB within their first season. And I, I, I feel for Brady on that one. And I especially feel for Cam Newton because Cam Newton is the homie and he, uh, he writes in weird fonts for his uh, Instagram captions. And I, some, I kind of, I kind of like that, but you know, I, I don't know. You got to get that looked at. Just um, like a grandma. Weird. Just as like a grandmother. Yeah. You know, he's always got the ascots and stuff. So you know, I dig it. I dig it. But, you know, I, I feel like it's important for us to give them just another, um, just one more season. You know, we also had COVID happen and that kind of threw a wrench into things. I think all the other teams already were firing on all cylinders. You can't fault the the Chiefs because, of course, they're, they're firing on all cylinders. They have, you know, the essentially the same core offense and, and maybe a few differences in their O-line. Um, to, to help sure up their previous, they just won the Super Bowl. So of course they're going to be on point, right? And a few other teams will also be on point. But you know who isn't on point, Moses? You know who isn't on point? Of course. You know who we talking about today, Moses? We're talking about the Broncos because the Broncos had one of the worst showing of any NFL team in recent history. I mean, this was atrocious. Atrocious for anyone who doesn't know, meaning, you know, for the simple fact that, you know, for this football team to work effectively, you need a few things to happen. You need someone who can catch the ball, someone who can run the ball, someone who can defend um, the ball, and you need someone who can throw the ball. Right. These are these are these are essentials right in the in the game. And now if one of those is missing, Moses, um, pray tell, pray tell what might happen. 
And I mean, for the Broncos, that's exactly it. Not having a single um, regular rostered QB ready for their, their last game. And I, I mean, frankly, I feel bad because they got stifled. Um, I guess you said poor, poor planning and, and, and a very uh, <laughs> unrelenting NFL commission. <laughs> To give them no no opportunity to try and 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 figure someone out, you know, uh, they said, "Listen, the 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 time slot's been bought. We already sold ads to to uh, the general. You know, um, Geico's angry, so we can't not you, you you someone's playing today. Okay, all right." We everyone's wearing suits. We got all these old footballers in in studio today. You want us to tell them to go home? You want us to tell all these pundits to go home? You got to be out of your goddamn mind, Denver Broncos. You know, yeah, you never heard you guys complaining um, before when they were talking about, you know, your your QB having having an extra long neck. You know, you never heard you guys complaining about that. And by the way, listen, guys, steroids is real. You know, don't play around with that shit. All right. It makes your neck big, makes gives you a big forehead. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, but <laughs> it's XGH, allegedly. <laughs> listen, the way he was throwing. <laughs> I'm sure his brother wished he got a little bit of a taste of that before he left, you know. But uh, yeah, no. So the Denver Broncos fell short um, to a whopping. It was a thirty-one-three loss to the Saints. Of course, you are playing the toughest team <laughs> in the league the week you don't have a QB, an active QB. So to remedy this, of course, they came up with uh, their redshirt QB who hadn't really actually played. Um, a a single scrimmage in in NFL in the NFL really until, until that week. So um, I felt for him. I think a lot of people felt for him and um, you know, I was Kendall Hinton, you know, he, uh, he definitely tried his best, but Moses, his best twas, twas not to be good enough. So no, he, he completed one pass to his team two to the Saints defense. And yeah, it was just ugly. Although entirely not his fault. He was thrown in the situation. Former quarterback at Wake Forest. Played there back in 2018. So there was some experience there and understanding. But when you look at it over... The most experienced oh, yes, guy there. Like he wasn't, he wasn't actually uh, training or redshirting as a or practice teaming as a QB, right? No, no, no. He was a receiver. Like, he but he receiver. played like a university level. But I mean, like, yeah. at, he was a practice roster receiver turned quarterback for that game, and it was god awful. And I remember looking the, at that morning Sunday, and then seeing the bookies having the scenes at 16 and a half. And I'm like, yeah, this is ugly. This is going to be bad. Yeah, no, and you were Tasting right. Hills looks good. And you see that, it, yeah, it was just a combination of things that were really bad for the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did it to themselves, essentially. Um, you know, and I think the, the NFL um, didn't treat them the way that they did treat Baltimore. And I'm yeah. fine with it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just sad when you see the situation. I'm like, this is what could happen. And, you know, if anybody 
is thankful that the Broncos should be because they had little to no fans because yeah. of COVID. Oh and yeah. It's probably a good thing that you yeah. didn't have, you know, a, a packed crowd. Yeah. Not for just the obvious reasons uh, that we know globally and what's kind of affecting a lot of people, but just watching that performance. If you're a Broncos fan, the sympathy you, goes out to you. Yeah. The sympathy goes out to you because, you know, you were pulling from, you know, at one point you were at the, at the, in the holes of, of, of just, kings and queens of this sport and now you had to pick your QB who had been dropped a month ago and he was actually spending his days Moses I don't know if you knew this he was selling candy bars and other merchandise uh, to high school fundraisers um, until he was uh, called back by the Denver Broncos to which he was offered a um four thousand four hundred dollar weekly practice squad paycheck so yeah they make good money as a practice roster hey you i've heard many guys talk about the fact that you can make a good living but can you make a good living selling uh fundraiser candy bars Moses? but can i gotta do it gotta do it you gotta do what you gotta do in the the time the time we, we live in but you know i think what a story to tell to say that one week ago could you have imagined you know one moment you're selling candy bars to kids and the next minute you are getting pummeled by these saints <laughs> on national TV. <laughs> oh, oh <yeah>. man. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not. The money lost. might be worth it though. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I, you know what? I, I will no longer laugh at their pain. Hint and I, I feel for you, man. Um, uh, hope you turn uh, a corner turn a page, turn something. Um, and I hope they do give you another opportunity really, because it's also unfortunate that you're going to be in- inevitably cut short. Your career is definitely over. I'm not even, you know, there's no if, buts or maybes. And it's not to say that he didn't, you know, like you, you, everyone says you get an opportunity, you got to take it. Right. And, and he did get the opportunity, but this was just not the opportunity that was probably fair to him. You know what I mean? It was like, show us, showcase your talents. It's a do or die situation, you know, and, and many players sink and many players swim, you know, Tom Brady, when he came on, he came on as a, he came on to replace, um, uh, yeah. And and it was a literally sink or swim, do or die. And he took over from that moment on, right? Which was an incredible feat. I mean, um, what's his face? When Carson Wentz went down, right? The same thing for, for Philly, right? There, uh, what's his name? Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Why do I forget his name? Took him to the Super Bowl. Took him to a Super Bowl. So, you know, you get that opportunity. And I'm sure Hinton was hoping for the same thing. You know, he was like, this is my opportunity. And Hinton, I think your opportunity is on the on the wing, you know, and I hope that uh, the Denver Broncos give him another opportunity as a receiver, maybe activate him for a game or two. I mean, at this point, you're done, you know. He, he, he earned a nice check because he went from like 4400 yeah. weekly or over that to like over $35,000 for uh, what he did for completing one of nine passes go, and two interceptions. Come on. But only knowing like 20 plays. And I think that that goes to like, (laughs) I think that should be reiterated over and over again. It's not like, oh, this guy's bad. It's just 
how do you prepare when you get like a day to kind of figure out an entire like, playbook exactly. and a position that you exactly. really, really haven't practiced in and, and Guys, done in some time? Guys, yeah, that's, he that's was not selling. like you can pick it up and be there. Like, yeah, sure, boss. And just like yeah. drop Sandlot plays yeah. and then just no. yeah, throw no, no, the no. ball and yeah. trick play galore. You know, no, of it course. doesn't work that way. Guys, he was selling candy bars, okay? Cut him some slack. All right, it's it's hard to go from selling candy bars to to now all of a sudden being asked to know every trick play in the book. You know how to do a Flash Gordon, how to do a this. As I, you know, he was like, I'm I'm sure he was like, I'm just happy to be here. You know, I'm just happy to get called up. That's it. Um, but yeah, we wish him good luck. The NFL. Um, loves to see stories like this and i think a lot of us sports fans also do enjoy seeing um you know sort of sort of um i would have said inspirational if he had done well but in this regard i would just say yeah (laughs) yeah no it's great to see that yep it's good to see it um now now moving over we're going to quickly touch on the NBA. A lot's happened, of course, in recent. We talked about the draft as well as the free agency frenzy that's been going on recently. And then one of those obviously has been the Lakers because they are doing an, a lot, a lot of um, purchasing, uh, talking to players, getting people on the waiver wire and getting their, their re-upping their squad really to defend their title next season. Uh, and of course, we saw that Dennis Schroeder was an, an addition to the squad, which I think at first everyone was very much on board for, still on board for, but really excited to see what that could, what that really means. But now, Moses, as we've come to discover, there's a little bit of a uh, uh, an issue here, and that is Dennis Schroeder doesn't want to come off the bench for the Lakers. So here's the problem, right? is that Dennis Schroeder was given the opportunity to switch over to the Lakers per, uh, you know, obviously through his, through his, uh, his management and his representation with the Lakers representation. Um, and there were some terms to this contract uh, of him moving over because, you know, he'd done very well for OKC. And I think there was just as good enough reason for OKC to maintain him. So for him to leave, it would need to be going to a very good or, or something lucrative. Right. Yeah. So knowing that Rodman's left, um, I guess not Rodman, but um, Rondo, sorry. Knowing that Rondo's left the Lakers, I think in his mind, he thought, well, if there's if the spot's open, I uh, I would like to be the uh, de facto ball handler. I want to be a starting point guard. I don't want to come off the bench anymore. Now you know he was he started in in Atlanta uh, as point guard and they had a horrible season. Um, then when he moved to OKC, obviously paying second fiddle to Chris Paul, uh, uh, Shy Gilchrist, he definitely showed up. And I think showed out, but definitely as a number two or three, like and 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 even then a bench, bench mob player, you know, someone to lead the second string. Now, all of a sudden, my guy decides he wants to be the the big head honcho. Now, the biggest problem with this Moses, and I think a lot of people who who aren't familiar with the the Lakers lineup, 
don't know or understand is that there's only one person who's actually allowed to carry the ball up and be the de facto point guard. And that's LeBron James. So I don't know who Dennis Schroeder thinks he is, but it is, it is not happening for you there, buddy. So I, 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 this, is, this, this really made me laugh the most because I thought, wow, there's, 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 not a, there's not a man alive besides Dennis Schroeder who has this. I mean, I mean, many have tried, but even many more have failed, right? You can't, I don't see how you can decide you're going to be the next big thing, right? Um, it, to, to LeBron? You know, what's going on? You know, Moses, what are, you, what are your thoughts? I think we talked about this. I'm trying to remember we talked about this on air. We did it off air. But there's plenty of times where I told you Rob Palenka lies. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he did it again. Oh, yeah. If, yes, and we did. And that's, yeah. Like, he, he has been caught, you know, saying stuff before. I don't say lying, to, like, intentionally. But maybe exaggerating the story. I don't know what he does. But at the same time, like... <laughs> It's just one of those stretching the truth, stretching the truth. Yes, at least, yeah. And of course, yeah, that's the thing. So, um, yeah, Dennis Schroeder was under the impression because of management he was going to get that opportunity, and by all means, that is Rob Palenka's. uh, That's his jurisdiction. Uh, The the contract signing, the promises, what's going to be afforded to him. So it was definitely a uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Dennis, you want to start, you want to carry the ball up? Sure. Don't worry about it. You know, just sign here, email it back to us. Um, we'll figure this out when you get in. Okay. Don't worry about it. You know, you, point guard. Yeah. We, yeah, we have an available spot for point guard. You know, uh, Dennis understands that point guard, he means starting point guard, but I think maybe Rob Polinka. Mm, nah. That's not yeah. how exactly. Oh works. yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and I mean, it's, it's important to feel like you're the most important thing on the team. But Dennis, you know, you know, bless your German heart. You know, I, I know you're giving it the best you got. I love the 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 the, the tuft of of uh, tinted hair you do there. You know, really spicing things up. The NBA appreciates and adores that. But you know what, Dennis? You know what? You kind of were pushing it with Chris Paul, but now now it's just okay. All right, this is LeBron James. Okay, you don't you don't say your point guard on a LeBron James team. You just simply get you find out where your locker is. You get your jersey fitted, and then you keep quiet, and you wait till you wait till first practice, and you wait till you get into the film room. And then you let LeBron take the stand. And of course, that's when practice starts, right? LeBron James will tell you where you're going wrong and where you need to improve. And then he brings up, obviously, his PowerPoint slide of, this is what I, this is the roster I built last night on NBA 2K. Uh, this is what we're going to implement. I found this great uh play that we can try out in real life because you know i live life on that level where i'm i'm basketball 25 8 you know even 2k i take seriously so um loving it loving it loving it um dennis schroeder i wish you the best you're not going to be starting uh look forward to starting off the bench but hey you know every we're all hopeful you know like moses said don't 
I, I had said, you know, don't always go for your dreams, but Moses was um, saying no. So of course, uh, Dennis, go over your go after your dreams. You know, if you dream to be a starting point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers, you go for it. And, you know, just hope that it's you know it's it's like asking yourself. You know what, Moses? It's like being Kwame Brown and saying I I'm playing against I'm playing with Kobe Bryant, but I want to be the guy. I'm taking the last shot. You know, imagine Kwame Brown having the absolute goal to hold the ball, look to his left, see Kobe open, and then take a shot. Disgusting. Let me get looked off. No, I'm talking about Kobe. I swear he got looked off before. Who was it? Jeremy Lin? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeremy Lin never played another minute of Lakers <laughs> basketball again. Quite literally, Jeremy Lin. The only guys who've ever really gotten through with that is like um, – Meta World Peace because I was in playoffs and then I think they resolved it at the end and and it led to them winning. Why? Because he trusted on making that game winning shot. That was it. I don't think anyone else. Everyone else, he would be like, "You guys are bums. I'm never gonna let any of you pass. Like, get the ball. The last dying second, he's taking the shot, regardless. And that's the same situation here, Dennis. You're not carrying the ball up. Just get over it. That's your life. That's your lot in life, and that's okay. You know, not all of us can be LeBron. Some of us have to be a Dennis. Some of us have to be a Dennis. And Dennis, just keep quiet. Do what the rest were doing last season. And you'll get your ring. That's it. This, that's the easiest formula. You shut up and then you'll get your ring. You know, JaVale McGee has a lot of experience with that. What, he's like, he's got three rings now, right? He's got two back-to-back rings with 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 the the uh, the Warriors, and then with the Lakers. This man was fumbling for the Nuggets and was perennially he was a perennial shacked in a full champion, like two three years running back to back. And now look at him, a champion. Why? Because he kept quiet. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard had a lot to say before then. You know, in Charlotte and Washington, came to Lakers, kept quiet, got himself a ring. Swaggy P. Swaggy P talked a whole bunch of garbage, had a big role in Lakers, goes, says nothing for the Warriors one season. What does he have? Gets himself a ring. You know, these are the, this is all you need to do. You know, Costas Atatecampo, that kid's got a ring. Do you hear a peep out of him? No, you don't. So you just keep quiet, and then you get yourself a ring. J.R. Smith is the quintessential ring-getter, right? Quintessential. The guy has two rings for two teams that were both captained by LeBron James. That should tell you enough as any other player on any other team that if you have the opportunity to play with LeBron James, shut up. Just shut up and play. You you can leave the next season, which that's I think why Rondo left. But <laughs> personally, um, but outside of that, be, like just keep quiet and play. And that's that's the end of Tenno soapbox rant for you know dumb shit like people thinking that they're better than that. And uh, to to finishing off, finish things off just on a really high note here, Moses. The Tokyo Olympic delay has cost the uh, Japanese government an extra $2 billion. Um, 
So that's that's fun. So we're kind of excited. I know a lot of us are excited to go. Uh, I was going to say to go, but I should say just to watch because I don't know if we'll be able to go uh, to the Olympics next year just to to see the best athletes in the world go do their thing. But Japan is struggling, people. COVID has killed off a lot of the money reserves they had, especially putting their um, the project way over budget because these things are very time sensitive and debts need to be paid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it was it was i think hope hoped that the tickets would start you know the ticket money would start to roll in and obviously uh, as a result the the tax money from tourism would help to pay down a lot of this debt but seeing as it's been delayed till next year a lot of the debt is starting to mount so uh, kind of sad but moses you know, in in terms of not just the, the the billion stuff, but what are you what are you most excited for? I guess with the when the Olympics come back, I think it's just all the events. There's something about that 16 days that that brings people together. They watch even the casual observer. Obviously, the biggest events for me, and I think a lot of people, is always track and field, especially mm-hmm. the 100 meter. Like mm-hmm. 100 meter men's dash, I think, is the biggest um, you know uh, feat uh, of of pure speed that everyone's like, who's the fastest man? Everybody yeah. knows that, you know, like, Oh, I got to watch the, I got to watch this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a sport. Of course, like for me, I'm always like a big uh, fan of uh, soccer, but anything that involves like in particular, of course, living in Canada, any of the Canadian athletes I'll be cheering for. So they're the ones that I will be rooting for along the way or some great premier athletes. I'll watch, I'll watch gymnastics, like Simone mm-hmm. Biles. Like she's, she's incredible. Competing. Yeah incredible to watch because these yeah. are some of the most amazing gifted amateur athletes some professional but mm-hmm. mostly amateur athletes <laughs> that have just continued to to baffle and amaze people and they only come around every four years uh, in mm-hmm. this case obviously with the anomaly of of covid taking the olympics this summer and now they're pushing it to next summer but still it's just remarkable to see so for me i, I love it all but if i had to go with uh the, my go-to it's always the 100 meter Mm-hmm. watch that you know watch the nba like watch the nba players and watch these like pro basketball players play so that's <laughs> always another good one yeah uh, so those are the ones i'll really pay attention to now would you think do you think nate robinson would um fare well in any of these sports moses you know he was wanting to be one of the um one of the greatest athletes those are his words right one of the greatest athletes in the world that's what he said so um well the dude could dunk at his height so that's got to be something right i is it moses <laughs> i think so like come on like, how many I, guys uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dunking but like sure. not just like oh reaching the net but actually like you know yeah but is it moses like what what does it translate to clearly it doesn't mean you're you you can punch anyone you know so what else i mean i'm sure there's other stuff but what else you know high jump that's, long jump it's got to be something High jump, yeah, maybe high jump, but I think he's kind of short for that. You know, I think uh, that one also does a little, does require a little bit of height there just to get the the feet over the bar. But you know, he's the type of guy to at least try it out. Let's say that you know, if anything, <laughs> I don't want him to, but hey, sure, if he wants to, uh, if he want, if he wants to do it, yeah, why not? You know, um, 
but yeah, so Moses, you know, it's been great. We've had a great uh, uh, episode 26, everybody. I hope you guys have all enjoyed it. You know, we've gone, gone to talk a lot about, uh, you know, the everything from the NBA to, to uh, the NFL. Um, we look forward to seeing more sports happen next week and as the, the weeks progress, of course, the IOC, hopefully they can set in stone what the Olympics, the Olympic dates will be next year. Of course, we also have a lot more soccer coming up. UEFA Champions League is getting heated. Um, Liverpool, you guys are also doing pretty well in the Prem. I don't want to talk about Arsenal. That's why I didn't bring it up this or episode. Tottenham. Or Tottenham, because I'm having an internal um, sort of, yeah, yeah. it's just, <laughs> it's been a week. Shout out to uh, the special ones, Jose Mourinho. Uh, yeah, he's got his swag back. More importantly, is uh, no, don't say that. Bringing that rivalry. No, bringing don't. Bringing that rivalry. Don't say this, Moses. Pep Guardiola and the trash talk amongst those two, which is great. <laughs> yeah, which is great because I I enjoy the way he just comes at everyone um, oh. that he opposes. You know, um, it's 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 Big actually time. yeah yeah. Um, I was also going to say, don't, I, I thought you were going to come at him for saying um, good, good for, good for putting his team on the top because that's the last thing I need. I don't want to see Tottenham <laughs> at the top of the league at all. Um, but yeah, no, that's okay. That's, it doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's, it's game over. So before we, uh, we get out here, you know, I, uh, I know for a lot of our American friends and family, you know, we had, uh, they just celebrated Thanksgiving. So we did want to say uh, a happy Thanksgiving. Um, I was actually invited to a, a Thanksgiving dinner virtually though. It was actually quite interesting. Uh, it was, uh, it was this guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name's big baby Davis. And he was having a great Thanksgiving, great Thanksgiving. Um, and, uh, you know, we were, you know, he, he, he had me like I was, I, I just was on an iPad, you know, I wasn't physically there. So I'm just observing the family and, you know, they're, they're dishing up, you know, big baby Davis, he loves to eat. He loves to get that food in him, you know, Moses, you know, Moses knows. And I mean, now while I'm watching them eat, you know, they're, you know, they're passing around food and they all have like, uh, nicknames, nicknames right for the food and i swear to you not you know someone said um you know you know where where, you know can we can i get some uh can i get some of the kg you know and that's and that's the mac and cheese because that shit's hot that shit hits you know you got your mac and cheese can i get the can I get the 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 Ray Allen the the Jesus Shuttleworth over there? And that's the that's the the cranberries and the turkey over there. You know what I mean? And then they were like, "I so where's the truth? Where's the truth going?" And it's like, "Oh, you mean the bones? That's that's going in that's going in the garbage over there. That's that's the that's the ain't shit. That's the ain't shit disposal. And uh, the truth happens to ha- go in there. And I was like, the truth? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah." Paul Pierce, he ain't shit. I'm like, oh, guys. (laughs) And that's another story for another week. I hope you all enjoyed it. Moses, I don't see why you're not enjoying or appreciating this touching and heartfelt um, 
<laughs> story. This has everything to do with family and being together, Moses. Wow. Look at this guy, cold-hearted. But anyway, everybody, uh, thanks for joining us for this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Moses, anything else you want to add? No? You're wrong for you do the podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I hope he comes for me. All right. <laughs> Bye. That's hilarious. This podcast is a Collab House production.